Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor Rebecca and Pastor John. We talk about some lesser-known details of our lives that people might be interested in, and we talk about this week's messages in our series entitled Parables. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, episode number 58. We're really glad that you're here and glad that Rebecca's back in the armchair Yay. with us. Hello, Hello Rebecca. Rebecca. Hello, John. Welcome back as well. Um, great weeks in our parable series. We were just talking before I hit record, um, wasting valuable content on just conversing talking before recording yeah and i just always have to remember just go ahead and hit record because you can always edit it out later but anyway um <laughs> good weeks good weeks rebecca was in classic uh john was in vine this past week but before we get into that just you know we we've we've sometimes done weeks where we kicked off the podcast talking about preaching uh kind of nuts and bolts kind of stuff things that you know we do we don't do preparation things things that we're thinking but this week we'll go back to kind of a little bit more of a fun topic and and primarily something rebecca said in her sermon this past sunday that she owned a motorbike when she was in vietnam stolen that's right and i was thinking to myself that's interesting. So, what are some other? Now you can't use that one, Rebecca. Oh, come on. You can't you, use that you one. You can at least tell us about the motorbike. Maybe. Yeah, we'll get to that. We're okay. going to get to that. Yeah. We're going to talk about the motorbike because okay. I, ha- I do have more questions about them. But maybe have less to do with the sermon, but more about the motorbike. So you should uh, know that he's looking at her like like this is a girl that drove a motorcycle. I, I love that. <laughs> Drives a motorcycle. I've never driven a motorcycle in my life. I, it, but uh, so we're talking about interesting things people don't know about you and so rebecca you you have a couple of interesting things maybe you'd like to share so what do you got well i'm gonna switch from the motorbike and a motorcycle they are very very different i'm sure they are Um, yes motorcycle weighs a whole lot more (laughs) the fact (laughs) that you know that a whole lot faster um and you can't do like fun tricks on a motorcycle you have to oh. take that seriously because you can right, die now, I, now i've got the image in my mind <laughs> but on Fun a motorbike tricks. i mean with just sheer force you can move the thing whichever way you want to move it nice so, uh, so what's what's your in, what's your other interesting fact beyond that though uh, i think what you're you're getting at is um i'm a puzzle person i like all kinds of puzzles which uh, that doesn't surprise i don't that does i don't think surprise me but, but sudoku some, jigsaw puzzles um but something you said earlier though mm-hmm. not just that you like to do puzzles but the then speed i'm at super which she good them. at puzzles yes i beat the computer um like i'll, I'll be top one percent I, I will be beating the national champion in speed of sudoku and 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 in terms of jigsaw puzzles also very fast yes i can do a hundred piece puzzle and i try to do it less than eight minutes that's pretty man that's that's moving that that is moving i mean often it's like 10 minutes but i try to get it under i mean every time it's a challenge for me let's do it in less than eight now do you always are you the kind of person always has like a jigsaw puzzle going in your home no. No, you're not. Do you have special times when you're like, yes, I'm pulling out jigsaw puzzles and sure. we're going? Yeah, okay. uh, yes. And, and the amount of pieces does make a difference on if I'm going to decide to do it or not. Okay. What's yeah. the threshold that you're like? A thousand piece puzzle, I am I have to have like a vacation or something. Yeah. And I'll spend one day and I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but it'll take about eight hours. So. so you just go straight through. Yeah. I sort of get 
super focused and can't stop and just boom do it i hear you we we when we go on vacation as a family uh we'll go up to different um like we we in the fall we'll go to to alabama we'll go to a football game whatever we stay at this cabin um these cabins and we'll put out like a thousand piece puzzle that the whole family works Mm -hmm. on you guys do that we've done that yeah and i'm the kind of person where once i sit down i'm like i can't get up for like (laughs) i i have to get like a good like chunk of it done Mm -hmm. and then if i see a piece that goes with another chunk then i'm like gotta gotta go go hiking or something is it a universal do you start with the border i do um i have little kids that don't like to start with the border they like to start with the most recognizable Mm -hmm. thing because we always do like disney puzzle i do that at the same time so as i'm pulling the the border pieces out i'm also pulling putting in categories okay that's the red patch that's gotcha the blue patch. yeah i do that too yeah absolutely but i like uh corner pieces and you always like, okay we have to just get these all lined up well that's yes. the fact that you're record breaking is that's impressive and and that you know how to do tricks on your motorbike which i'm talking <laughs> about in a second john what, what about you what's something that you, you people don't know about you that would be shocking surprising uh, I'm not sure the reaction so much, but it's the one that, that I don't talk about much and, and maybe of interest is that um, I keep a uh, – and I was just pulling it up as you guys were talking. I keep a, a website on the top 100 novels of all time, okay. uh-huh. and I've made it one of my aspirations. My goals in life is to to read all of them. And unfortunately – I mean, the first one – what was the first one again? Um, the first one uh, was Don Quixote, which I've read, and War and Peace, which I've read. But the third one was uh, Ulysses by James Joyce. Mm-hmm. That's oh a slog. slog. Well, you got through War and Peace. Yeah, I got through War and Peace. I loved War and Peace. War and um, Peace is a slog. Yeah, yeah. It, there was a lot of slogging. I yeah. mentioned in the sermon about Victor Hugo's uh, Les Miserables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was definitely some slogging through there, but uh, I don't even think it's on the top 100. But anyway, that's that's mine. I'm just just slowly getting through the Ulysses. I, I bogged down on, but I picked. I went ahead and got some other ones. I, you know, any, any March from George Eliot is, is uh, somewhere near on deck. Any any of any of the standouts favorites any, uh, any that you look bible. at and you, any <laughs> the bible yes <laughs> any of those that you look at and go there's no way that should be in the top 100 i've read you know cereal boxes that were better than that um well the i, I thought don quixote was was uh, you know i'd heard the story and my parents had artwork up from don don quixote as oh, wow. well in our in our house and and it was really great to read that read that story the, the concept of tilting at windmills comes right out of don quixote yeah. is when you make something to be so, so much bigger than it is and that it's not really a, an enemy it's not really an, an oppressive thing you just think that it is when it really it's you know, yeah. it's not that's a you know so so some of the some of the metaphors in the human language you know come out of out of these great books so that's been fun to uh, fun to read I, i'll tell you that the one that uh, ulysses has been a struggle and then uh, the tale of genji is a, is a piece that uh, comes out of uh, japan and i that was about to poke my eyes out to get through that one as well so it was uh, <laughs> it was pain. there's actually two volumes i read the one volume said okay i I need to get to the other volume, but I need to give myself some time. You give yourself a break. That's, so anyway, a that's, break. that's that's one of the things. It's been it's been fun. It's been fun. When did you start? Probably three years ago. Three, okay. four years ago. And you've gotten through a few. Yeah. Some people it takes three or four years just to get through War and Peace. <laughs> right. Well, that was the good thing about Tolstoy is it he. It's such, it's such narrative in there. Yeah. He's, tell, he's, he's building, the as he does several places, builds stories of families, individuals and families, and five separate or six separate type, types of families that are all seem to be pretty separate. And he slowly draws them all together to the to the uh, to the to the climax of the, of the story. So he, that's all narrative. No. That's, that part's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, How for, about you? How about you? Well, the, so for me, I think I, you know I don't. I mean, there's probably a lot of things that would shock people about my life. Um, I, but I think one of the things people don't know about 
about me as often because I don't talk. We don't talk about it a whole lot. And and you mentioned some in in staff meeting of John. Your your Reverend Remix. Well, <laughs> lots of people know that about me. Uh, not the name. Thank you for bringing that up, sure, though. Yeah. By the way, I appreciate that. Or it's, or it's variant Reverend Rap. I heard that one. Yeah. yeah also, Reverend yeah. Um, exactly. But that the rapper. You know, John, you mentioned your life before pastoral work you were in marketing right so uh, i came from a print journalism background and i was talking to that all that comes up quite often with people just usually visitors are the ones that you know we get a lot of folks that come here um and you ask about their backgrounds and and we had a couple that came in this past sunday yeah, she had a background in, in yeah, marketing he, communication. Yeah, she did, and he did as well too. And he and I were talking about his. He was print a print guy, and now he transfer over to digital. And so, um, you know, I, I I remember when I heard the word Google for the first time in a in a classroom on writing for the internet, which was a brand spanking new class at Florida Southern College in the year. 2000 i think it was and they had, the professor just started off by saying i'm just going to tell you right now i have no idea how to do this because they, no one's done this before so we're going to learn this together and nice. and uh, she said to us uh, whatever you're using to search the internet now throw it out because uh, you're going to be using google from now on and uh, probably the rest of your lives and <laughs> She was a prophet in that yes. way. I was like, dang, man, I wish I had put some money down Go- on that. Google the um, brand has become the generic term for looking mm-hmm. something up on the internet. Yeah, yeah. It's it's become a verb, like, you know, Facebooking or things like that. Those are all things. But that's my background. It's it's not, like, super shocking or interesting, uh, but uh, it is. I mean, we could – I could talk about the time where I almost drowned in the Adriatic Sea. Um, <laughs> that was a fun time. Uh, that was a fun time, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, anyway, that's good. Well, this week we were – were in uh, that's, a little, that's a little get to know your pastors. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we were in the uh, parable series once again, talking about uh, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And uh, uh, John, just real quick, if people haven't heard it, a uh, little rundown of the parable itself, if you don't mind. Uh, it's from uh, Matthew chapter 18, yeah. beginning with verse 21. It comes out of a question that Peter asked Jesus about um, how many times he should forgive a person who has sinned against him. Peter thinks he's being magnanimous by saying seven <laughs> times, because that really was significantly more, almost it was double, uh, more than double of what the teaching at the time was. But Jesus says, "Keep going." Yeah. <laughs> Jesus says, "You, you got to make it a number." He, he gave a number that's so big it was just unbelievably. Yeah. You know, just just more times than you can count. Yeah. And then out of that, he tells the parable, and the parable is uh, tells the story about a king who has a, a guy who has a debt that he cannot possibly repay, um, and uh, he forgives it. Yeah. And the man who just got this debt forgiven goes off to uh, someone who owes him compared to the debt he owed was nothing. And he get practically you know, kills him. I mean, he puts his, he puts him to debtor's prison yeah. over this. And uh, and people around see that they get they get upset by that. They tell the king. The king is very upset by that. He cast cast him away. And Jesus says at the end, that's what's going to be done to those who don't forgive others. With you, you'll be there will be this separation that that occurs. Yeah, and and both you guys approached uh, th- this parable with the same kind of entry point with with Peter's request and both bringing out the idea that Peter thought mm-hmm. man I'm being super generous yeah. I am I'm saying I'm we need man. to s- forgive seven times and and Rebecca you went to the 
the passages from Amos, Amos. which I thought was mm-hmm. uh, really interesting as the baseline for the rabbinical kind of tradition. Talk about that for just a moment, that idea of the the three times forgiveness and, and how that would have been seen even from your message on Sunday. Yeah. Well, over and over and over again in the first two chapters of Amos, uh, it's for three sins of Damascus, even for four, I will not relent in sending the following judgments. And that just keeps getting repeated for, for Gaza, for, for Amman, for Tyre, for uh, mm. Judah, for Israel, all these places. It just that theme gets repeated. So the rabbis uh, just thought, well, uh, you can forgive up to three times because God issues the judgment at four and we can't be more gracious than God. So that's the number. You know, you can forgive somebody three times. Yeah. That's one of those passages in Amos where pe- I know people just gloss over because it's so it's repetitive, repetitive yeah. over and over. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm just going <laughs> to skip down to the next the next portion. And then then you jumped into the idea of the weight. And both of you guys did this, this whole idea of the weight of the, the debt that the first servant held. I wonder if you guys could talk about that, this idea of this. Inc- so there was a couple things. I heard your sermon. So I've heard the totality of this passage preached four times because I assisted oh, in classic. Right. I heard Rebecca's three times. Uh, John, I, I admit I did not listen to you, you three, times. three, three times. I didn't. Three times. <laughs> not for three times, not for seven, seven, seven times. times. That's That's seven times. <laughs> but it was cool that you both really got at this, this the, the, the hugeness of this debt that the first servant has. And as you're reading this, John, what were you, know, what was the, 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 the detail of that that really stood out to you about the the, the the amount of that debt that that first servant held. Well, I liked how Rebecca ran the calculation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it equals about this, which equals about this, which equals that. And you she said a bajillion dollars. I just like a bajillion dollars. Bill Gates couldn't have paid the, That's right. paid the mm-hmm. debt, as you said. As you said, but that was the standout phrase for me. Is that it's the the unit of measure mm-hmm. of ten thousand bags of gold, mm-hmm. and it'd be really easy in this to, to lose the. Um, the magnitude of that amount if you just sort of go, oh, yeah, so it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. No, no, you don't understand. Jesus is intentionally yeah. saying this is more money than you can possibly fathom. And then, of course, your, your brain goes, dude, what, how did you get How did how you, did you get, get so far in debt? So, yeah. what, what happened with you? How, so, many, how many credit cards do you have open? So this, is the, this is one of those things where you check it down and say, Jesus was not trying to he wasn't telling the story of an actual person here. He's trying to tell a story that creates such a contrast that you need to re- recognize the contrast itself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that was the, th- the standout moment. To, the standout part of this was the and, and the contrast of that and the hundred coins. Yeah, you know, so it's it's more than you can possibly imagine, more than you can possibly bear compared with somebody owes you some money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the reactions of one, the forgiveness of that, uh, that you know, what to do with that? that that's what stood out too. Is that is that the fact that the king forgave, yeah, like how you know how, how unbelievably generous that was that, that the king forgave, and then how unbelievable it was that they having just been forgiven a debt you already know is more than you could possibly imagine. You turn around and 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 you demand a, 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 a such a significantly smaller debt out of someone, and ha- don't show grace when they say the exact same words to you that you said to the king. You refuse to do it. That was, I mean, as I said once we once I got done reading it, the drama of this you can't help but to be drawn into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, Rebecca, one of the things that you did, and uh, and I wonder if you talk about this detail a little bit, is 
you pulled out the so the first servant goes back and begs the king but he uses like specific he doesn't ask to be forgiven from the king mm-hmm. he, he asks, asks for patience which you right. pulled this out it's like that's ridiculous <laughs> it's already more than he can possibly ever right. ever ever pay patience isn't going to help you nope because yeah. it's like 10,000 years worth mm-hmm. <laughs> worth of wealth but then you did when you, but then the second servant you talked about and what was the the 100 silver coins was worth about you had said three and a half months wages so not an insignificant amount right so if someone right. said i need three and a half months months of your wage mm-hmm. that would be a significant amount but not an impossible amount correct so and with I, patience you know it could be paid off yes right and that's the thing that got me what was your thought process as you looked at those two time time kind of things that you really like wanted to kind of generate to the people as you're as you're communicating that really the just the vast amount the un the ten thousand bags of gold was something that couldn't be repaid um like i didn't want to focus too much on the hundred silver coins really goes back to the the guy who had all this forgiveness given to him um he just turns around. I mean, it was really all about himself and his pride. And um, I mean, I didn't get too into his himself and his pride, and I didn't preach about that. But it, it was that, you know, what is our response to the forgiveness given to us for a debt that we could never repay? Yeah. And that him, that old him, I don't know if you've ever heard it. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. Um, I sang that the whole way through of writing uh, the sermon. Just, oh, yeah. I needed someone to wash away my sin. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we I, No, that's great. No, I, yeah. I think that's – I think that's – that to me, I just thought that was, was such an interesting detail mm-hmm. um, that the three months' worth of wage is not insignificant, mm-hmm. but it is compared to this monumental thing and how that relates to – our sins before God mm-hmm. versus our sins from one, you know, with one another. Um, right. It's not that the sins that we commit or that we have committed to us are not are insignificant. And, and John, you talked about this idea that the forgiveness thing doesn't mean that the person that we're trying to forgive doesn't have to reap some consequences yeah. temporarily, yeah. but just what do we carry around? So, what was your, you know, your overall kind of. Th- mentality going into this this message as well well part of the uh, and i appreciate that you you mentioned the lewis smead's book uh mm. lewis smead is one of these people when no nobody out of the world of e- even in theology but certainly in psychology was talking about the the psychological benefit to the person who has been wronged and who then forgives um the the, the benefit to the person who forgives mm-hmm. I, I love that in there so and i i, I had the lewis smeads going through my mm-hmm. through my mind through all this but I also touched on something that you and I, Zach, talked about um, a few weeks ago, which is that um, you know wh- what are we? What's the struggle? What's the challenge mm-hmm. for us as as, uh, as preachers to to communicate and 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 the detail of the passage? I remember then I said the detail of the passages is not the difficult part; it's the import of it. It's the it's the the the, the shift, like the ground shift that, that takes place. That's what's harder to communicate, and I feel like this is one of those topics that uh, it's sort of like the transactional mindset of, mm-hmm. of, of in in our society that we need to do something for God because God has done something for us, or we need to do something in order to get God to, to like us or to, mm-hmm. to forgive us or save us. Um, that that's hard to to communicate effectively because we sort of default back to that. Likewise, for this passage, 
the contrast that Jesus points, uh, paints in this passage is to, is to say that God is the one who's done this um, forgiveness, and we're the ones with that debt. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I confess that I, you know, I, I've dealt with that myself. You know, where I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine, I'm good. You know, or I'm, my moral turf is you know, relatively you know, clean. Therefore, I, I, you know, God must love me. Yeah. <laughs> because of that, mm-hmm. and it's so wrong. It's just like, no, God loves you because He loves you, and and He loves you in spite of uh, so much of you. And this is what I think He's part, He's carrying all that. So part of what I was thinking was is that. This is a this is an ongoing challenge to communicate that idea to myself and to anyone that I get a chance to talk to is that we have a debt we cannot pay and we have a God who paid it. Yeah, and I thought one of the things that was interesting about listening and this is why again I'm 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 I, I'm a broken record why it's such a benefit to our congregation to the people that are connected to our congregation that we have two people preaching this these passages of the scriptures because this week really John if you heard your message really leaned towards that idea of the debt that we have with God and 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 wrestling with the debt that we have with God and then what we do is we forgive others, um, which is. But the weight was on recognizing the debt that we owe God. That the uh, to use your term, Rebecca, the bajillion dollars worth of debt that we owe God, and then and then we should also forgive. And and Rebecca, you had that in mind as well when you were preaching but your weight was really what does it look like when we forgive right so this was really one of those weeks that you need to get a really full picture of the passage the application points were all there Mm-hmm. in both but it was the weight which i thought was really really interesting and you really got into rebecca the idea of okay so how do we forgive what does that look like and then you did say the recognition piece um, but i really loved some of the the, the detail points that you brought up there so i just it just uh briefly you mean uh you had six or seven points there at what the are end some of the, the things that we can do to to help us to forgive. Yeah, the desiring to forgive. Mm-hmm. You both talked about the idea of praying for one's well-being, but then you go a step further to say, really, can you articulate mm-hmm. something that is positive about that person? Right. So talk about those those ideas a little bit more, if you could, just the the steps in that process and why you felt like it was important to put that out there for the for the congregation. Um, let me see if I can remember them. I'll, I'll start from the, the end and maybe work my way backward, and I might remember all of them, <laughs> even though I preached it three times. That's right. And wrote it. Um, so saying nice something nice about the other person and um, trying to remember what made you like them in the first place helps us to like not vilify the other person to the point of being evil yeah. because we can really snowball in our minds and our hearts um, when somebody does something wrong to us no matter how minor it is we can make it a you know such a big thing and the other person is completely evil and it helps to, to go against that um, but also to remember God loves that person and God's heart is broken that the relationship is broken and mm-hmm. um, and to know that God loves that other person too. I mean, sometimes when we're angry um, and feeling like we have no justice yet, you know, we can get to a point where we forget that God loves that other person too, and mm-hmm. we need to love that other person, and we need. But also to have, whenever we don't forgive, we don't have community, we don't have joy, we don't have mm-hmm. um, laughter, and when we forgive, we are free to do that, and so too 
to, to do that, to set ourselves free in, in the process. But God has called us to forgive and God has forgiven us. And so there are all these just little things that help us to get to the point where we can forgive and we have to recognize we need to forgive and we need to um, then try to forgive. We got to want to forgive and try. And that might be a process of keep trying and trying. Until well, I loved how you said practice forgiveness. It's mm-hmm. not. And this kind of gets to the heart of how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. For us, you know, one of the things I think is very difficult as Christians is we look at the parable and we say, well, the the, the king forgave and it was done, right? Mm-hmm. For us, that's that's difficult. You know, it, it, it is a process. And you use the story of Corey Ten Boom, you know, yeah. the bell ringing story, which that's I love that image. idea. Um and and John, you 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 brought you brought out the point over and over again of recognizing the weight with which we've been forgiven and understanding that we're not pretty good people yeah yeah so talk to me about that that idea that you know that recognition of our own debt playing into everything that that rebecca was talking about how important that is to those other points as well i don't i don't think it can happen without it i i think that if we are we have uh, little to no understanding of the of the the greatness of of the generosity of god then there's going to be little to no action on our part is little to no motivation on our part to do the very things that you were just talking about i think it's a it's foundational to to forgiveness and i love how you tied rebecca you tied um you kept coming back to the idea of of um forgiveness is tied to liberation and it's mm-hmm. tied to your personal liber- liberation yeah and that's i, I think that's it but until you get that sort of sequence of thoughts down that that you need to understand that we're the ones with the unpayable debt and it has been paid we're not going to get to the motivation for the forgiveness all the keep working on it know that we need to do it keep our eyes on god these these things that you that you were saying um realize that god does have you know that does see the entire backstory the person may be a creep mm-hmm. but god sees the abuse in the childhood, they mm-hmm. see the, the the brokenness that they came out of, that and and the whatever they went through to that get, led them to that point of per, that that type to be that type of person. That's huge. Mm-hmm. It's just and all those things are are the starting point for all those. It is it is understanding that we have been forgiven much. Well, and it's so like we have to. That therefore, that when we react to that, which is why I hope that the balance. And I hear what you're saying, and I thought felt it as well. Mm-hmm. I know sat a lot on that on the 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 weight of that. But as one of my preaching professors said, you make sure that the good news is gooder than the bad news is bad. Yeah. And so you, you land with to see that generosity of God, and then respond to that when you see other people. When I think too, how, how you're what you're saying, it really goes into like your opening illustration with with Jean Valjean and Lemus. I mean, mm, he was not just a thief. <laughs> What the and the bishop treats him according to his person, not his greatest action. The definition of his life and his character was not going to be as a thief, even when Jean Valjean was consciously trying to live the life of a thief in order to you know to to get out of this uncomfortable grace situation that the the bishop was demonstrating grace to him. And for our recognition to say that's how God treats us. That's a huge, heavy, heavy weight. Yeah. Um, but then that fuels everything else. Yeah. And when I watched your sermon, uh, a thought struck me that I had not thought about when I was writing mine, and that is, if God can forgive that other person, so can I. Um, yeah. And God knows the detail more, and just 
in light of how much we've, you know, personally sinned, God can forgive that other person, you know, <laughs> come on, yeah. I can do it too. And you know, I didn't bring this up, but if you, we all, if we all know that story there, the person who we didn't, I didn't talk about was the, the, uh, the guy who was chasing him yeah. throughout his, uh, throughout his lifetime. He, and because he could not forgive, he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't, it's more than that. He couldn't understand grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he yeah. couldn't. And then, when he finally was not only saw grace but experienced it for himself, he couldn't live with it. Nope. Yeah. Literally, could not live with it. Well, and that brings up a, a point. And, and obviously, the time constraints in both of your messages don't don't really lend itself to that. But you just bring this up, and Rebecca, you brought it up with the story of the the motorbike uh, incident in Vietnam a little bit. What's the kind of the the cultural or the worldly alternative to forgiveness and grace? Is this idea of of retribution and revenge. Vengeance is mine. I thought, man, the, the picture that you painted of those families, Rebecca, mm-hmm. a guy steals motorbikes. Yeah. I mean, and for those folks, it's not like he's super wealthy and they're also super wealthy or mm-hmm. they're he's stealing. It's poor people stealing from poor people. Mm-hmm. But that they the forgiveness was not the freedom that they sought. They sought and not even justice. Mm-hmm. They sought revenge. Right. And then, like you're talking about in the Les Mis story, this idea of not accepting grace, um, that's a whole other message that could be preached out of this, that the alternatives, he, the, the, the unforgiving servant is living out of this idea of retribution, which in our transactional society is very much uh, a piece of it. Was it. Were there other things that you guys felt like, man, if I could dig in a little bit more here or there, where would you have landed? John, I'll just leave it. To you first, what? Where, yeah, where, no, where? The, the very end of it all. So that's how the father's going to treat you if you don't have forgive the person from their from their heart. I basically uh, that that was cut, dropped on the on the uh, yeah. uh, editing room floor. You and you touched on it. You said that the this is what is, needs to be real. It has to be something from the from the heart. You said that several times um, uh, in, in the message. Though. But I, that's something that. As I was telling someone afterwards, um, I said that you almost need to to really grasp that concept because it sounds like God's vengeful at that point. Yeah. God Himself is vengeful and, and unforgiving and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you almost have to back that up. Most things you can back up one step and say, "Oh, I get that." You almost, you know, you almost need to back that up three steps and say, yeah. "Well, more than likely, the person who is is sort of dug in and unwilling to forgive." You know they're they're not with the father to begin with. Yeah. There's there's nothing real that's there to begin with. That's going to sort of uh, cause them to be cut off in the fellowship with the Father. Yeah, and so uh, so that that part of it, and I realize even as I'm saying it now that there's there was so much more that needed to be unpacked with that. It's like I, I just can't. Yeah, once you hit that, yeah, once you hit that 28 minute mark, you're like, yeah, oh, man, it. this is another 28 minutes. I can't really get into that. What about you, Rebecca? It was. Um, does the person need to to ask for forgiveness in order or to have repentance before you can forgive them? All those comments that that get brought up when when people hear that story, and I just didn't go there. I yeah. just said, I, you know, can't do that as well. Yeah. So I just left that. Well, there's, the, and, but and, that's such a great, yeah, that's such a great point though, because it's really asking the question, uh, what does forgiveness look like? Yeah. Right? And what is it? And almost as, as importantly, what isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you know, I I went down a few of those in there, but. For each one of those, I was going, golly, Man, this should, should be a whole – we should do a whole ser- sermon yeah. series, at least a multi, maybe a mini-series, yeah. just on the forgiveness and its impact. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because you have the idea, what's the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? Right. What's the difference between forgiving those who are unrepentant? Because, you know, w- w- with the whole idea of the image of God as, as, as a forgiving God for us, there is this idea of repentance. You have to, as to John, to your point, you have to recognize the need for repentance. Otherwise you're not going to the father to be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so you don't, you don't enjoy that forgiveness because you haven't, don't think you need it. I mean, it's, it's that whole idea. And then um, throw election in there too. Then we throw election and predestination (laughs) and all that in there. And what does that look like? But then even from like, how do we live that out? I mean, the the parable is very seems very simple but it can bring off all sorts of question marks because a lived experience is a difficult one to you know apply to yourself and that's why i thought the idea of practicing forgiveness is really a a a good one for us to think because practice is not perfection at it only the father's perfect at it. We still are having to live that out. And that takes, it takes training, but we have to be willing to say, yeah, I want to forgive because I know how much I've been forgiven. And that's man. What a, what a, you know, there's some, there's something in here too, for, for the role of prayer in all this, that if we're actually talking to the father about that person who has wronged us, and and in that prayer, I mean, unless our prayer is, oh, you know, Lord, smite them with a, with yeah. a heavy hand. <laughs> imprecatory uh, psalms, imprecatory <laughs> psalms. Unless that's our prayer. Uh, short of that, that if we're actually talking to, to God about someone and asking, actually want God to do something f- for them, to, to help them and do be, you know, to bless them, and to, it's awfully hard to stay – first off, it's hard to stay mad at anybody yeah. you're praying for. Yeah. That's hard. That's mm-hmm. a hard thing to do. And then, But it's awfully hard to stay unforgiving yeah. towards what they've done when you mm-hmm. – and, and so I think prayer – there is a role of prayer in this as well. Absolutely. You bring up, yeah, and you bring up another point, though. Like, what do you do with the prayers for justice and the imprecatory psalms of the Old Testament? And where does that play in? And the lex talionis, eye for an eye. And I mean, well, how does – I was thinking that when, when you're talking about yeah. one of the implications for forgiveness is that it, it doesn't mean that justice does not get upheld. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the person is released from consequences. It it, it means that you're you you've taken your boot off of their neck. Yeah, that's that's the biggest biggest part of it. And mm-hmm. you've come to this place where you you are truly realize that, like I said earlier, that God has knows this entire backstory. You kind of stay, taking a bit of that, and you you want good to come into that person who's had that kind of a life. Yeah, being a being a follower of Jesus Christ sometimes is not easy. It's not easy, uh, complicated. But to your point, though, the practice, and to your point, Pastor Rebecca, preaching it, practicing this on the small things certainly can lead you mm-hmm. to, to the big yeah, things. Absolutely. How many times have we, you've read stories where, where terrible things were done to a person, and a person was able to genuinely say, I forgive you. Yeah. But I sometimes find the big things are easier yeah. <laughs> than the small things. Someone cut me off on the road? What? Yeah. Justice. Do you want your motorbike back? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, that, you know, kind of, and, and, and just to kind of full circle, I mean, this might, you know, it was a shocking thing for Jesus to say, not seven times, but 77 times or, or 70 times or 70 times seven, depending on your translation. It might be to some extent, and this is allegorizing his, his response to Peter to say, no, it's going to take you that many times to forgive that person to even get remotely good at it. Um, and I, that to me speaks to the the weight of what Jesus is trying to get across to Peter, but then also the, the, 
what we have to be committed to because that's what again not because not in this i'm trying to earn my way into salvation so i need to forgive it's because we've been forgiven we've been forgiven 490 times plus you know however many days weeks of our lives we've (laughs) sinned 70 times seven or whatever the translation actually is but uh it makes it 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 makes yeah. it feel something that has to be lived yeah, into. It, I mean, it is it it's, it is a question of where in your own heart and mind you place grace. Yeah, the grace of God. Because mm-hmm. if you if you if you place it on the front end, it changes why you do everything mm-hmm. that you that you do. But if you somehow place it as some something that you aspire to, and you're going to get there one day. Um, who knows? Anything could happen beyond <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, you'll never get there. Everyone, everyone absolutely. Mean, it's all, that it takes grace. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why this week was so so powerful. I think if if anyone missed this week's messages, any one of the messages, if you were in Vine, go back and listen to Classic or watch Classic. Yes. If you were in Classic, go back and watch Vine. All of those are available at fpclakeland.org. You can watch the full services. You can listen to just the sermons. Uh, that's how I do it. I listen to them like almost like a podcast. So I think that's that's the way I listen to the ones I haven't experienced myself and uh, you can do that at fpclakeland.org under the sermon archive tab and, it, tab and if you've missed any one of our episodes of armchair preaching make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts Spotify uh, Google Play Store Stitcher uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button like us share it with your friends because it is impactful yes one more time did it again thank you guys for joining us thank you Rebecca Thank you. Good to be with you. Yes, thank you, John. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Next week.